We fear folk because they got a name. We fear folk because they got some money. We fear folk because they got some power. But Dr. Tony Evans says the Lord can unlock the power we need to prevail. When you're using God's keys, people do not have the last say-so. This is The Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans, author, speaker, senior pastor of Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship in Dallas, Texas, and president of The Urban Alternative. To us, the situation may look hopeless. It may feel like there's nothing left to do but give up. But Dr. Evans says God sees a completely different picture, and he'll help us catch a glimpse of it today. Let's join him. When you audit a course in college... What you are saying is, I want the information without the responsibility. I want to learn whatever the course is seeking to teach, but don't give me homework and don't give me exams. I don't want the work of it, I just want the knowledge about it. You may be able to do that with college, but you cannot do that with the Christian life. You cannot audit it. What many people do is they come to church to hear the word, to be inspired by the word, but who don't plan to do any of the work. They don't want to incur any of the responsibility of it, but they like the learning about it. Well, in college, you need to know that when you audit a course, you don't get credit for it because you didn't put in what the course required. And when you audit the Christian life, by coming to hear the word, to be inspired and encouraged by the word, but to not act on the word that you've heard, you may have more knowledge and you may be more inspired, but you won't be changed. Because the transformation in the life through the word has to be activated by obedience. Without that, it becomes information with no credit, that is no transforming value. The church at Philadelphia, this is the first Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. This Philadelphia, in verse 7 of Revelation 3, is located some 30 miles southeast of Sardis, a great commercial city with a major trade route plagued often with earthquakes. That was the nature of this city. Inside this city was a small church, a small gathering of believers, Philadelphia Bible Fellowship. This small gathering of believers found themselves in this pagan realm, and Jesus, who is the spokesperson, through the shepherd of each one of these churches, speaks through this leader to the saints at Philadelphia Bible Fellowship at the church in Philadelphia. And notice what he says. Verse 7, he who is holy, who is true, who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, and who shuts and no one opens, says this. So before we get into all the idiosyncrasies of what he has to say to this church, He wants to give another description of himself, which he has done in each of these churches. And he describes himself as he who is holy and true. Holy means to be set apart as unique, special, or one of a kind. Holy means you're not to be put in a class with anything else. 
I describe holy often in using the difference between dishes in the sink, dishes in the kitchen, and dishes in the dining room. The dishes in the sink are dirty. They are dirty dishes. That's why they're in the sink. The dishes in the kitchen are common dishes. You use that for all of your meals. But the dishes in the den, well, they got their own room. They got their own glass case because they are special. They're not integrated with the common, and they're certainly not integrated with the profane, the dirty. No, that's special. They come out on special occasions. Jesus says, don't put me in a room with anybody else. Don't, don't make me another one of the people you recognize. I'm not just a good person. I'm not just a great prophet. I am holy. I am separate. I am one of a kind. I am unique. I'm in a class by myself. In Isaiah 40, verse 25, the Bible says God is holy. So when Jesus declares himself to be holy, he declares himself to be God. So we're not just talking about another name or one of the crowd. He says, uh, I am unique, and therefore must be viewed and treated uniquely. I am not only holy, I am also true. Truth has to do with ultimate reality. I'm the real deal. Anything that contradicts me is false and is a lie and cannot be trusted. So you are to measure everything by the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So everything is to be measured by its inconsistency and compatibility to me. And if it's incompatible and inconsistent with me, it's wrong no matter who told it to you, how long you believed it, and how well you know it. I am truth. I am holy and true. Not only am I unique and set apart, not only am I ultimate reality, but now he gets to the nitty-gritty. He says, I have the key of David. I have the key of David. Now, to appreciate what he's talking about, this is drawn from Isaiah chapter 22, verses 15 to 25. In Isaiah chapter 22, verses 15 to 25, the steward of the house of David, the kingdom, house of David, David was the king of Israel, it uses that to speak of the kingdom, the key belonged to this steward, but the steward did not do the right job. So he was uh, fired. And when he was fired, a new steward replaced him. This new steward was Eliakim, and Eliakim was given the key to the kingdom. Not given a key, he was given the key. Jesus says, I possess the key of the kingdom of David. That is, I have the kingdom key. Notice it's a single key because it's a master key. Anybody who possesses a master key can get in any door. All the doors are available to him because he has a master key. So when the Bible speaks of the key, it speaks of two things, access and authority. So Jesus claims access to any door and authority over every door. Let me say that again. Jesus, the one with the key, the master key, has access to every door, which is what a master key gives you, and authority over every door, which is why he says he can open the doors he wants to open and lock the doors he wants to stay locked because he is in charge. Now, if you and I don't get that, we're going to think people are in charge. We're going to think power brokers are in charge. We're going to think folk with money are in charge. We're going to think folk with clout are in charge. 
They may have a key, they don't have a master key. They may have a key to a door, they don't have a key to every door. Jesus says, I control the kingdom because I have control of the master key. Or as he says in Matthew 28, verse 19, he says, all authority has been given to me, not only in the sweet by and by, but in the nasty here and now. He says, all authority is given to me in heaven and on earth. Oh, to put it in everyday language, I got the key, so I'm in charge. I run the show. Now, in Matthew chapter 16, he says, I'm going to build my church, and I will give my church the keys to the kingdom. Watch this now. Jesus says, I have the master key. That's one key that can unlock any door. But I'm going to give to my people, the church, I'm going to give them the keys, plural, to the kingdom. So what he's given us is multiple keys to multiple doors while he possesses the master key to every door. So he has the key, we have the keys. How does it work? When you use the right key, he'll back it up with the master key. But when you use the wrong key, the master key can't back you up because the master key can only be consistent with the keys that he's given us. Let me put it another way. If you skip God's way to get it done, whatever it is you're trying to get done, then don't just call on God to use his master key when you've ignored the key he gave you. He does not want you to skip the responsibility he's given you and simply call on him because he got the master key. He wants to know your keys are consistent with his key. I will give you the keys to the kingdom. Well, what is that? It's authority. I'm going to share my authority with you when you are consistent with me. Authority, kingdom, means to rule. So God wants to rule, not only in heaven, but in history, through the person of Jesus Christ, and he possesses the key. See, the reason why we are not seeing more of the master key is because God is not seeing more of us using the right key. See, we go and use the world's key to unlock heaven. Those keys don't fit in that lock. Dr. Evans will have more on the importance of finding and using the right key when he returns in just a moment. First, though, today's message is from Tony's current teaching series called Let Go, Let God. These lessons can help you experience freedom and peace as you learn to recognize God's authority and let Him open the right doors for you. We'd like you to benefit from all of the messages in this powerful collection. In return for your donation to help continue Tony's ministry here on this station, we'll say thanks by sending you the complete seven-part series on CD or digital download, along with a special bonus, two of Dr. Evans' popular books that support these lessons, called 30 Days to Overcoming Emotional Strongholds and 30 Days to Overcoming Addictive Behavior. This is a powerful set of resources, but they'll only be bundled together in this special package for a limited time. Contact us as soon as you can at TonyEvans.org to make your contribution and request. Or give us a call at 1-800-800-3222, where friendly team members are ready any time of the day or night to help with your resource request. Again, that's 1-800-800-3222. 
I'll repeat that information for you after part two of today's lesson and this. Are you looking to embark on a unique spiritual journey? This fall, you can cruise the Mexican Riviera with Dr. Tony Evans and set your sails towards faith. Renew your soul amidst the waves when you explore Cabo San Lucas, Mazatlan, and Puerto Vallarta. Join the Evans family from November 9th through the 16th for a journey of renewal and exploration. Book your adventure today at TonyEvans.org. Enjoy and explore. I shared with you before how I was in New York and I was at the Marriott Hotel and I checked out, caught a plane to Chicago, got into the Hilton Hotel, went up 35 floors in the dead of winter with my luggage, freezing outside. I put my key in the lock, click, click, red light, click, click, red light, click, click, red light. So I'm a little ticked off now because I didn't go on up 35 floors. It's cold outside. I catch the elevator down. I go to the registration desk. I say, excuse me, this key doesn't work. He said, because that key doesn't go to this hotel. <laughs> I had forgotten to throw away my Marriott key and was using a Marriott key in a Hilton lock and those keys don't fit when you mix in kingdoms. And what Christians do is they mix kingdoms and wonder why heaven's door won't open. And he says, when God moves, when Jesus moves specifically, he opens and closes doors. And he says, when he moves with his key, that is with his divine authority, nobody can shut it. This ought to do something to your gizzard right there, right there, right there. Let me tell you what I'll do with your gizzard. What this means is, When you're using God's keys, people do not have the last say-so. See that? See? We get all shook up about people. Oh, he got the power to let me in or to lock me out. He got the power to raise me or to put me down. He's got the power. She's got the power to fire me or hire me. They got the power. They got all the power. Jesus said, but I got the master key. And when I open the door, I don't care who they are, where they come from, how much they have, what degrees they possess. When I have the key, if I decide to open that door, nobody going to shut a door I open. And if I decide to lock them up, they're not going to be able to get back in because I'm in charge here. I've got the key to the kingdom. See, we fear the wrong folk. We fear folk because they got a name. We fear folk because they got some money. We fear folk because they got some power. But you are related to the one who's got the key of David. Ultimate authority. Final say so. So he's, you know, you you ever been into a prison for one reason or another? (laughs) You know, they got these pods now, these elevated pods where the, the gods sit. And they they got all these keys to let folk in or to block folks out. The world wants to hold you hostage and Jesus says, but I got the key to every cell. I got the key to every door. So it's the one with the key who determines it. And if, if you don't get that and if I don't get that, we'll run around like chickens with our heads cut off trying to get folk to do what folk may or may not be willing to do when you're supposed to know the one who's got the master key to any door that you have to deal with. 
Yeah, we got to understand who we're dealing with here. He says, I possess the keys. So what's the problem? He says in verse 8, I know your deeds. Behold, I have put before you an open door which no one can shut. Because you have little power and have kept my word and have not denied my name. Oh, watch it. In order for his key to work for you, for me, and for his church, he says, you must have kept my word, obeyed me, and not denied my name. So one of the reasons many believers are not seeing God come through is because they do not keep his word. They come to church and hear it, but they do not keep his word and or they deny his name. They don't want to be publicly associated with him. He says to them, you have little power. That means this is a small church that doesn't have big names, doesn't have notoriety people, doesn't have highly educated folk, doesn't have a bunch of rich saints sitting in the sanctuary. He says, you have little power. People don't know who you are. They don't appreciate who you are. They don't respect who you are. You don't have what people view as substantive, significant, and worth applauding. But he says, I have set before you an open door. Even though folks say you are a nothing and a nobody, I have set before you an open door. And when I open this bad boy up for you, the folk with the name, with the money, and with the power will not be able to shut it. But the way I will open the door and the reason I will open the door for you, your life, your world, and your ministry is because you have obeyed my word and have not denied my name. See, we got folk wanting to God open doors while they disobey him. We got folk wanting God to open doors while they are ashamed to bear his name. Notice, you can't deny his name. You can talk about God all you want. You can talk about God this and God that. That's not his name. His name is the Lord Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity, not this generic God. No, no, no. Yeah, God is there, but God has bequeathed or delegated everything to his son. It is at the name of Jesus every knee bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. So if folk don't know your relationship to Jesus, you have denied his name, even though you may be talking about God bless you all day long. You haven't denied my name. Jesus says, when you deny me on earth, I will deny you before my Father who is in heaven. When you confess me on earth, I will confess you before my Father who is in heaven. So if you are ashamed of Jesus Christ and don't want to be publicly associated with him, forget open doors. You can open your own door. And that's why we get so messed up because we're around here trying to get folk to open up the door, create the opportunity, make the connection, give us the money, and we're doing all this to open up doors and Jesus is sitting there with a master key. And if you've never seen God give you an open door, swing something open that looked like it was closed. And see, if you've never seen him intervene in your circumstances then you have not experienced the authority of Christ 
to overrule, particularly if you were of little power. Now, you didn't have the wherewithal, you didn't have the contacts, you didn't have the money, you didn't have the education, you didn't have the notoriety, but you had him. Jesus says, folk may not know who you are, but you know him. You confess him. You obey him. He got a master key. That's why the the greatest people in our congregation are not necessarily the people with masters and doctorate degrees. Not necessarily the folks with Mercedes and and Benzes and and Lincolns and what have you. No, it's not necessarily the folk who who got the six-figure-plus incomes. Nothing wrong with any of those things in and of themselves, but, but you have to need to know the most powerful people are people of little power who know him and who advertise his name because they have access to a master key. Now, the upscale folk can do that too, but he says, you're of little power, but you have access to me. That's why um, I would suggest for me and for us, no matter what position you hold, money you have, or influence you will, keep yourself small. Folk may be whispering in your ear, oh, you all that, and a bag of chips. Don't believe it. You better keep yourself small in the eyes of God. Pride cometh before the fall. You better keep yourself small. Don't think you all that. Because pride cometh before the fall. And, and you need to understand that humility is a big deal to God. You better keep yourself small because Jesus says, even though you have little power, I'm going to open up a door for you because you have obeyed me and you have uh, not denied my name. If God has blessed you, praise God. If God has given you a great job, bless God. If God has given you a big house, bless God. If God has given you a nice car, bless God. God has given you great clothes, bless God. Just so long as you know, you're no better than the widow on fixed income because God will open doors for those with little power. So it's okay if we're blessed, just don't become elite. Don't become big-headed. Think you all that. No, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. On our best day, when we've been blessed the best, <laughs> you are a sinner saved by grace. That's on your best day. I'm a sinner saved by grace on my best day. Don't you ever forget that. Because if you never forget that, then you don't look down on people who don't have your education, your money, your job, your career, your house. You don't look down on anybody because you may be looking down on somebody who has access to a master key. Dr. Tony Evans with some helpful words today for dealing with those times when we're backed against the wall and just feel like giving up. As always, copies of this lesson are available to review again on your own or to share with others. You can get today's message as a part of Tony's current series called Let Go, Let God. As I mentioned earlier, all seven full-length messages in this compilation are our gift to you in appreciation for your donation toward Tony's ministry. 
And for a limited time, we're even including two of Dr. Evans' powerful books called 30 Days to Overcoming Emotional Strongholds and 30 Days to Overcoming Addictive Behavior. Don't miss out. Visit TonyEvans.org to get the details and make your request before this special offer ends. Again, that's TonyEvans.org or call us at 1-800-800-3222. Our resource phone center is open 24-7. That's 1-800-800-3222. On Monday, Dr. Evans will continue to explore how we can tap into God's matchless source of strength and hope ultimately transforming our despair into victory. I hope you'll join us. The Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans is brought to you by The Urban Alternative and is made possible by the generous contributions of listeners like you. 